Hey guys, Benjamin Darius, aka BJ here from Dear Dad Podcast. Now, when I started this podcast, I wanted a platform where I can record and upload my content very easily. I didn't want to go through any hoops to get my podcast out there. When I did start my podcast, I was on a different platform. But after I was introduced to Anchor, not once, not twice, but over three times by my close friends, I decided to give Anchor a try. I must say, I absolutely love it. Not only is it easy to use, but I am able to record, edit, post, and publish all my episodes right there on the app or the site. I was able to transfer all my episodes onto Anchor in less than five minutes. That for me was unbelievable. Oh yeah, here's the best thing of all. It's free. It is free to use. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. But take my word on this. It's true. Using Anchor has definitely made podcasts so easy. Trust me, you'll love it. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to the Dear Dad Podcast, a platform where you can come and express yourself rather through poetry, spoken words, essay, or simply a live conversation. This is All Dad Talk. I'm here for you. Let's go. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for coming back to Dear Dad Podcast. Once again, my name is Bejemson Darius, a.k.a. BJ. And I am here today with another guest of mine. And this person is my sister. Ooh-wee. This is going to be quite interesting. I mean, I think she has her own perspective um, on it, her own twist on it. And this is going to be interesting. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't heard. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't um, I haven't heard from my my end, and she's going to let it all out. Um, so today, guys, I'm going to introduce you to you, my sister, Gael Fabiola Darius. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You didn't even say my first name. Thank uh, God. Okay. okay. I didn't say your whole government name. I said partial of your government Yeah, name. okay. Okay, <laughs> missing one name. Do you want, you want to say? Uh, you, you, I mean, no, it's I can, fine. It's fine. I can tell them your... You sure? No, it's okay. Uh, okay, so guys, again, this is Gael, Fabiola, Blank, Darius. I'm not going to say the other names because that's the, her government name, and she might kill me afterwards because she is my sister. She's allowed to do that. Oh, so guys, God. again, this is Gael. Darius, Darius. that's it. Yes. Gael, Darius. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Gael, Darius, thy sister. So I'm going to ask you a question. I ask everybody. And I want you to, to elaborate and go as far as you want. All right. I want you to tell me who is Gael? Who are you? Let me know and let us know who Gael is. Uh, hmm, interesting. Who is Gael? Um, Gael is a, a nurturer, um, someone who, who loves to take care of everyone. And I think it, it stems from, you know, my childhood of how I grew up. So, um, I'm, I guess I'm a nurturer. Um, I <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm a loving person. I'm a caring person. I'm very selfless at times. Um, I don't, especially when it comes to my family. There's nothing that my my family would ask me that I wouldn't do. Um, because that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's all I have. And because I'm so family oriented that from 
you know, the littlest of my niece to, like, the eldest of my nephew and my cousins and stuff like that. Like, if they need me today, you know, if I can, I'll definitely drop whatever I'm doing um, to to be there for them. So, yeah, I'm I'm the nurturer. I'm the, I'm the mommy in every group that I've been. So I'm just that person, I guess. You're pretty much everybody's nanan. Yes, I'm everybody's godmother. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I am. So she's, I know she's a little shy, but my sister's also a photographer. Yes, I'm a photographer. Um, I do that. It's my, it's one of my side hustles. Um, and I'm also an inspiring chef. Um, I love to cook. It's my first love, my first passion. So if those who really know me, I'm constantly cooking. Um, and if you're out there and you're hungry, just hit me up and I will gladly give you a plate of food to eat. So yes, that's who I am. Can she cook? Can she cook? Oh man. Oh man. Okay. All right, Gael. We're going to dive in a little bit deep. All right. So we're going to, um, I'm going to ask you some deep questions. So I want you to tell me about dad. It's funny. I was having this conversation yesterday with a friend of mine and um, I was telling him that um, I don't have any issues with my dad um, but at the same time I'm not one to call my dad and check up check up on him and stuff like that and knowing that his health is not the best but at the same time if my siblings say we're gonna go see dad I'm down you understand like if I definitely can I'll definitely go see him um, my dad, to me, is... He's an awesome human being. Um, and he's gone through so much um, in his life. But then at the same time, to be this very... My dad is very nonchalant as far as... He doesn't really let things bother him. And you can never see it in his face that something is bothering him. Like that. And if you, do, if you, if you see it, it, it usually is like, you know someone in the family died or whatever the situation is but my dad is a very very laid-back person um all my sister-in-laws love my dad they can sit and have conversation crack jokes with my dad all the time and that's just my parents in general but that's who I you know when it comes to whenever I think of my dad I think of my dad as just this very easygoing person this very kind at times kind person um I don't think my dad has ever raised his voice I don't, right? Has he ever raised his voice? Not to me. I mean, I've gotten a couple of whoopings, but I've, I mean, when I said couple, I've, I said two, literally. Yeah, one time he whooped me, but then he felt bad after that, but my dad never raised his Hold voice. Hold on, time out, time out. Dad whipped yeah, you one, one time. time? It wasn't like a whooping. He just like, that one smack. Stopped you? Yeah. He ta- what, when was this? This was long. This is when we was on 94th Street. But, um, yeah, so my dad, like I said, he's just... He's, he's, he's to me he's a he's an awesome human being but then at the same time there are certain things about him because from what I've learned within the last couple of years because of his upbringing it also allowed him to be an absentee father so I guess you know as time goes by we probably get into that if you have any other questions yeah of course so um what are some of the characteristics and dad that you find in yourself um you know that's interesting i don't know i really don't know any other characters i know that we are jokesters and that's just the family in general um oh i do well i do realize that whenever 
we tell my dad we're coming over, he and if we if we come without telling him, he feels bad because he there's no food around and he didn't get time to cook or whatever the situation and or order food. Just, I think that's me. Um, I think I know for a fact like if my siblings are coming over or close friends are coming over, um, I have to make sure that I I have something ready for them um, to eat because that's just I guess you know feeding people is my love language I think <laughs> so yeah. But besides, like, anything else, I don't know. And I think it's because that we haven't... I've never really sat down with my dad and had a conversation of getting to know him um, as a human being and him getting to know me as his daughter and me as his... him as my father and stuff. Okay, so this question might be a little bit deep. Um, so I know uh, before I've mentioned, and I mention it now, um, the relationship with um, with dad and, and, and I was... I wouldn't say it was toxic. I wouldn't say it was bad. It's just that there was a lack of. Like, he wasn't there, so therefore I couldn't rely on on him for certain things. Like, asking him for, like, money would have been an issue. Or uh, asking him to come to a basketball game was an, it was an issue because he wasn't there. Um, or just anything that he, that his presence was needed, he wasn't there. So it was, it was, it was kind of problematic for me, uh, <clears throat> from my perspective. Uh, so I want to just ask you, so how has the presence or the lack of the presence of dad made an impact on your life <laughs> you can break that you can break that into two his presence or lack of presence that, well, okay well as far as lack of presence where do we begin with that um i you know not until I, I i got older and i went to therapy that i realized that i understood the whole phase of daddy issues you know um and the whole thing of she has daddy issues or all of that. Um, my dad not being the not being around was it was needed, obviously. Um, but there are times where I would think about what if he was around? Would certain things have happened? Would my mom have struggled as much as she struggled? Would um, would I have finished um, school at a proper time? Would I have I just felt like maybe if he was around, there's certain certain things that I struggle with, or I feel like I struggle with that, um, I would have gotten a better understanding. My dad not being around um, made me feel that whole daddy issues thing. It's just I, I, whenever I start a relationship with someone and, I, and I'm dating someone, whatever, there's this attachment that I have where it's afraid of being alone and afraid of not having someone when it comes to that 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 figure so I'm dating someone and even if the relationship is not going right or whatever the situation is I'm like okay well no you know I want to be able to stay I want someone I want to feel loved by a man and my dad wasn't around and I never got that that daddy that father daughter talk um, to to make you feel like this is who you are. This you, you're a princess. Um, this is how you're supposed to look at you, your, yourself or whatever the situation. And I'm not saying that was his. What part? Yes, that is a job when you're raising when you know as a male figure you're raising, uh, you're raising daughters and stuff like that. So for me, I just felt like okay, my dad not being around. Um, when it comes to me having a personal relationship with a the man, there's things that I do lack lack. Uh, so and then 
I took that. There were there were times, and this is in my adult years, pretty much in my thirties, that I felt um, since my dad wasn't around, then maybe my oldest brothers, especially my eldest brother, um, I always felt like P should have stepped up and said and and took charge. Where it's just like, nah, that's my sister. Like. Um, this is how you should be treated. You're my sister. This is how I see you. Like, you know, I never, I think I never got those talks with the men and my family to understand my value. And I'm not saying you need someone to tell you what your value is, but then growing up how we grew up, I just felt like, okay, dad is not around. Papa's not around. Then it's up to he's, um, it's up to Peggy. It's up, it's his job to like step in and do this and do that. But then for me, it was Again, because my dad wasn't around, because Papa wasn't around, the role that I was taking on was you became automatically the second mother. So it's like mom is mom. I mean, mom is, is being mom and dad, and you're just, instead of being a child, you're being second mom. So dad is not around, Papa's not around, and this is the consequence. Not even consequence, this is what you had to do. You are now... Instead of being a child, you're you're no longer a child. You're just an adult, and you're taken into the actions of an adult of, at 10 years old of, you know, being a second mother and helping raise your siblings. Yeah, I think so because I think society has it where when a man, when the, when father leaves the house and stuff like that, he, um, he, the next person in line is the, the oldest male in the house. So the oldest man in the house was, you know, P. So you would think he had to, there were things that he should have step, stepped up as. But then also, I don't fault him. He was He's a kid. He got to live his life and stuff like that. So um, even yesterday when I was talking to my friend, I was telling him, I was just like, you know, there are times where I feel like my mom and I should should go to therapy because that role that I was forced to take Again, it shaped and molded me to the person that I am today. But then at the same time, it's just I was rushed to to, to be an adult when I it wasn't my time. You know, I find it kind of interesting. Um, I, you know, I didn't have that perspective as far as um, uh, our older brother being the next one online to be responsible. I, I, for me, I, I feel like that was a, a lot of pressure to put on him. Just my from my point of view. Um, I know dad had his role to play. And our older brother had a role to play as well. To put that much pressure on him, again, this is just my view of it, would have been not fair. And I'm pretty sure he had his own pressure that he had either got put on him or because um, um, people might say something or he didn't feel like he, he lived up to that role. I just never felt, I never really view it as that was his responsibility. I just knew as an older brother, I just know he just wanted to, I just wanted him to take older brother roles not my father role um so it was very different from my perspective of of as far as my father not being here and, and my, my older brother being in charge and secondly you also said that being you had to become an adult at a young age and i think i do believe just about all of us fall into that role because we didn't have our father into our lives i mean again um he was around we see him but he was not. He wasn't in the house. a dad. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't dad. He was a father, but he wasn't a dad, and that makes a big difference, and that play a big impact, play a big role. 
So um, all of us, I feel like we had to find a way to grow on our own. Um, granted, we help each other along the way. I honestly do believe we had to learn how to grow. We had to learn how to like uh, fend for ourselves, pretty much, because we weren't taught these things. We just had to learn as we go. We had to learn how to survive on our own. Uh, another example I can have is, is that when we were in school, when they were permitting slip to science to go on a trip, to go to, I don't know, for lunch, slip, whatever it is, we would have to sign it ourselves. I know I had to do it. If I wanted to leave school early, I would write myself a letter and, and the give it to times I forged my mother's All the time. <laughs> you know, because we couldn't give, we couldn't give my, um, our mom the letter because she couldn't read English at that time. So we would have to forge her signature. I'm not saying it's good, and I'm not saying you need to do that anyway. Everybody forged it. But forged. that's what we had to do because our mom was not didn't speak English, and for her to give to give up um, our parents a permission slip to sign these stuff, it couldn't happen. And besides, whenever we had those slips, we had to do it ourselves. She was like, "Why don't you just sign it? Well, why don't you just sign the application, bring it into class?" So we never had to like we couldn't give our parents um, the permission slips. Um, so I find that highly, highly, highly fascinating. Um, our our brother could not be our father. He would have to be. He has his own idea. Not to say that's not correct. I just didn't view it as that. I didn't view it as uh, our older brother to be the next one online to be responsible for it. And I just I know a few minutes ago. Um, I know just a, uh, a few seconds ago you were mentioning about um, your relationship. Um, how has dating have an impact on you um or because the lack of my father not being there how has dating be different how has it been different um <laughs> dating uh again like i said earlier i wish he was there because there would be times where i would want a certain i would want his opinion i would want to i always said it <laughs> i always said if he was around there are certain things that I tolerate in a relationship or in a tolerated relationship that I wouldn't have tolerated um, if he was around. So my perspective on certain things, how I view relationships, there are a lot of times where I feel like if I could have that father-daughter relationship, that, yeah, definitely, um, me and relationship will be, a lot of things will just be very different. And again, I mean, all this, what you're saying is actually, it's, I'm, I want to acknowledge that and all of us are entitled to that I mean that was again that was your view of it we grew up in a house there was like six of us and all of us have a different perspective on it. and yours is valid and I, I definitely want to acknowledge that um, and all of us experience it different um, so what kind of um, what kind of woman do you think you want to be when I grow up I would like to be hmm <laughs> Um, what kind of woman I would like to be or I am? Take that as far as you want. I mean, you know, as, at 35, the type of person that I am, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm content with who I am. Um, life experiences, everything that I've been through, like I said, mold, has shaped and molded me, mold me to this person that I am. So to say that I would want it any different way to the person that I am, I don't know because, again, you know, God allowed certain things to happen in my life um, for a certain reason. So all those things that has happened, again, it has shaped and warmed me to the person that I am today. And that person from 
the people that are in my life, the people that are very close to me, have have expressed how much they appreciate me, how much they love and care for me, and, and all this extra stuff. So if I was anyone different, then I don't think, I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, I don't think it would be okay. Um, yes, I constantly we are constantly evolving. So let's say six months from now, even a month from now, you know, to a year or two from now. Would I like certain things to be better? Yeah. Um, again, that's that's my job, and you know, me and my God, to to have these things. Whatever whatever happens next is is supposed to happen. There was a time in my life where I, I felt like there was too much going on, too much pain for me, and I would always question God, like. Why, 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 why me, why me, and stuff like that. Um, and then you kind of get to a point of just being like, this is the life that was designed for you. On top of some of the choices you made, kind of allow those, uh, you know, allow your life to be this way. So, you know, I definitely, I love the person I am. I want to evolve and be better. As far as like for my family, for myself, for myself, I think that's mm-hmm. the key thing. Is I need to be better for myself. I need to. I need to know how to say no. <laughs> um, I need to know how to to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to. I need to always remember that I am human, and I exist. And um, if I'm running on empty then there's no way I can give back to the loved ones. So I mean, even to my loved ones, which is the hardest thing that I, that I, that it's hard to do is to, is to say no to my family. But I, I need to have a borderline of just, you know, being able to, to say no and, and self-care, do a lot, do a lot of, a lot of self-care because I felt like I've re- neglected myself on so many levels. And if I, and to be honest, if I don't take care of myself, I don't see myself. I don't see myself reaching certain goals. I don't see myself on this earth if I don't take care of myself because I've neglected myself for so long. I want to take a step back for a little bit. I know before you were saying that there are still things right now that you are dealing with, um, a lot of what if questions. Um, what if you were here? What if you were there? What if he, your presence was there and then I, you know, then I wouldn't be the person I am right now? Then I would finish my education. Then I would have a different view in the dating life. Is that a constant battle that you're going through right now, or you have come to terms with it? Um, I think I've come to terms with it. I mean, for one, you know, if you want to get a bachelor's or master's. A PhD again, it's never too late. You can always go back and stuff like that. But I think for myself, it's just what I I had to tell. Not even what I had to tell myself. What I came to the realization um, is that how my mental my mental health um, has decreased, and for me to to do certain things again, like I said, it goes back to what I said is um, I need to do a lot of self-care. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I can honestly say I, I myself, I should, I 
I think all of us should see a therapist. All of us should um, uh, exp- uh, find a way to express that, learn how to express that. And again, you would refer to us for as there are a lot of what if questions. Uh, what if I did this? What if he was here? What if we didn't do this? Uh, pretty much if my dad's presence was there, um, would it make a difference? So I want to challenge you and I want to post this question. If you had a chance, let's say dad was here or he was listening. If he was here, right next to you, or make it easier if he's listening to you right now and you want to leave a message to him, what would you say to him? What kind of conversation would you have with him? Being completely transparent. I think the first thing that came to my mind, the first thing that came to my mind was that I think I would tell him that I would say, Papa, I needed you. That's, I think that's something I would have definitely said that I needed you because there's a, there's a certain type of bond that a, a daughter has with her father. Um, and I think that's why, you know, I gravitate towards a person that I, I started dating was the simple fact of how the relationship that he has with his daughter. So seeing that relationship it, it was an automatic attraction because anytime I see a father and daughter relationship, I think it's, 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 it's such a beautiful thing. Um, even when I see, you know, the manual with Abby and, 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 um, Isabel, Max with his daughter, any one of our families is, you know, when I see that, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so I always felt like, and that's something that always, it's always playing in my head, like, I needed my dad. Papa, I needed you. Like, I needed you for so many reasons and stuff like that. And you not having to be around. And I'm not saying I fault you for that, but then, yes, at the same time, I still fault you. And it hurts um, not having you around. And it hurts to see my mother hurting and her struggling and stuff like that. So, yes, Papa... Um, I wish you was around more often. I wish I, I, I would have seen you, um, not just when the family had parties. Um, I wish you were, you came and sat down and talked to all of us. Um, I wish you were there when I, I decided, okay, uh, I'm going on my first date or whatever you want to call it, or I have my first boyfriend or whatever the situation is, or when my heart was first got broken and I couldn't understand what was going on and I'm over here blaming myself. So, yes, I wish you were here, um, and I needed you. So I think that's something I would have always said is that I need you. And I, I think I said that to my dad. I said that to Papa before. I said, um, I need you. And I told him, I was like, I ain't get, I'm not married. I didn't get married yet. So I, I need you to stay alive. I need you to be there for you to see the, those days, especially when he got sick. Anything else you wanted to tell him? I want you to talk to him directly. Dad, I'm talking to you right now. What would you want him to like just talk to him directly. Honestly, that's I think that that's pretty much it. I think I I just want you to know that I need. I've I've told him I love him and stuff like that. So I I want him to understand and I want him to know that. Um. I I wish he was here and stuff like that. So because there are things that you struggle with that at the end of the day you want your parents to be there. Um, I never resented him. When my grandfather died, 
that's when my uncles, um, my dad couldn't make it, Papa couldn't make it, and that's when I realized why my dad dealt with what he dealt. It shaped and molded him to the person that he is because my dad, again, was neglected as a child. And he didn't know any better. And this is why, like, as, as parents, when you, you having a child, it's imperative that you you build that relationship with your children. Um, you have that bond with your child where your child can feel like, okay, this is what they're going through and they can always come to you. And my, and, and my dad never had that. He never had that father and son relationship, father and mother kind of relationship or whatever the situation is. So for him, I'm going to have kids. How am I going to be that role model for them, which I don't even know what that role model is. So, and that's why I said I don't fault him. Again, it, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm also happy with the simple fact of my siblings, my brothers, you know, you guys um, understood how it was growing up, how difficult it was for mommy, and as far as the men, and Papa not being around and deciding. And I remember that was one thing you said, you know, you was like, I'm not going to be like my father when it comes to getting married and, have, and having a child. And even having a relationship, I'm not going to have multiple women and stuff like that. And that's something I always remember. So to see your brothers deciding they're not going to be like their father and stuff like that, I'm going to be a better father um, to my children and stuff like that. And that's something, there are times where I sit back and I look at you guys and I'm just like, regardless of anything that my brothers have done in life that has been wrong, one thing I will always say about my brothers and majority of the men around our age and, and in my family is that they are amazing fathers. And I love how they love their children. I love how they love their wives and they take care of their children and stuff like that. And, you know, it's something, it's so beautiful to see black men taking that time out and just spending random quality times with their, with their children. And yes, our family, that's how our family was. We spent some time with each other, but that one-on-one time. And it's something that whenever I, I speak about my family, I can never say, you know, the men in my family are like, they deadbeat dads. No, the men of my family are amazing and beautiful fathers. Like, and I can go down the list of every single one why I think they are amazing dads. You know, starting off with Maxine, you know, Max is one of those fathers where I just, you watch him with his children and you're like, this is just beautiful. He documents just everything and stuff like that. You guys with Elias and like, I see the joy that when Elias is learning something, even a couple of weeks ago when you guys said, you guys realize Elias is progressing in a way that the level that he is in his school his school level, he's surpassing that. And it's a beautiful thing for a parent to see that and not feel like I'm going to keep my child at this level. No, my child is surpassing this level. I need my child to go to the, to the next level. And that's beautiful, you know, how, how he takes time to spend with Aiden and, and, and Logan. And just yesterday, him decided to take Aiden to a basketball tournament. And it's just them, that father and son time and stuff like that. G, who's the only one out of, you know, all my siblings who has two girls and seeing before Isabel was born him and Abby having like these little baked things where they bake together and they watch movies together and Abby has projects and stuff like that those are things that us growing up we didn't see that we didn't have that so seeing my my family the men in my family step up seeing black men step up and be like no I'm gonna like this false narrative about black men not being around for the children that's not gonna be me 
and seeing them be this superhero to their children it's just like I think it's one of the, the most beautiful things I've seen in my life wow 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 sorry I just got captivated <laughs> but yes 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 there's so much that needs to be discussed so much that needs to be said um, different versions of it um, but we all come down to understanding that we can't be children for too long we cannot be adolescent for too long we need to learn how to grow up we need to learn how to be an adult and not to say adult is being fun and not to say adult is going to be easy but taking that transition accepting that transition responsibility for yourself uh, it's, a, it's a huge it's a huge thing it's so it's, <laughs> it's so hard it is so hard there are so many things that um, that I want to do so many things that I need to do um, and I'm not doing it because I'm afraid to I'm afraid to take a leap I'm afraid to um, jump I'm afraid to let go because I'm afraid of the results you know but then that's 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 the beautiful thing about life it's 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 scary but then when you're stuck in your comfort zone mm-hmm. you're not growing as an individual so you're so stuck in there like okay this is my comfort zone it's easier here and stuff like that the waters are safe here but then the thing is that 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 quote and that saying you know as cliche it is you know you take that jump you take that leap of faith and what if you fall okay then you get back up and you keep going and stuff like that and you won't know what's on the other side if you don't take that leap yes i trust me i'm someone where it's like who deals with anxiety badly where there are times where i'm always psyching myself out out of taking a step and trying to figure out okay what if this what is what if that and stuff like that and there are times where i said but then and i think i had this conversation with jessica i on friday i said but then I can't say I'm practicing walking by faith and believing, okay, God, you're going to take care of this. And then worry. God, I'm, I'm trusting you, but I'm going to worry. Those two don't go together. If, if Whether you believe in the universe, whether you believe in Buddha, um, whatever it is that you believe in, but when you decide you're going to go take that, you're taking that leap of faith, you're going you're gonna to trust the higher powers to, to guide you into the next step. Well, and whatever's behind that door, it's hard, but you also had to decide, okay, the fear, which is, if we're so stuck into fear, we're going to be in prison for the rest of our life. So my thing is just, like I said, I was telling Jessica, I was just like, I've gotten to a point of believing, you know, every single day, every single morning, and every time I walk out the, the apartment, I'm always constantly talking and like the neighbors will probably see me talking but to me my talking is it's me praying and saying okay god this is this is what i pray for this is what i'm praying for and i have to trust and believe because i'm walking by faith and not by sight amen all right preacher (laughs) (laughs) or preacher so do you like who gaia has become oh to be honest i don't know i don't know I'm not gonna say it's not, it's the wrong person to like quote, but Wendy Williams said that she keeps she's constantly saying, "I don't know who who this person I've become, but I love this person," I, and which is such at the same time it's a, I think it's it's a it's a it's a really big thing to say, 
because when you look back in your life and everything that you've you've overcome good bad you know and whatnot and to sit at a certain age and just be like I like this person that I've become or I don't like this person that I've become now if I say I don't like this person that I've become am I going to take the next step to change that person And if I say, I like this person I've become, am I going to stick to just this person and be okay with that? So, and I think that's why I say, I don't know. I like where I'm, I, I like where I'm going as far as a human being. I like how my mind has, not even my mind, I like how I've evolved throughout the years and how I've, I've forgiven, how I've not even forget, but I've forgiven how I've let go, how I've, like, again, how I've evolved. Um, now, if, if I need to look at my life from, you know, from 1984 to 2019 and be like, I like this person and I like where she's at, I had to be honest and say, I don't know. Are you taking step to loving Gaia? On a da- yes, on a daily basis, on a daily basis, and I, I never said I was never one to feel like I hate myself or I hated myself, but I've I've I'm so I'm so hard on myself where I'm constantly beating myself on a on an hourly basis, and then. There are things that I do that makes me feel, I guess the word is validated by others, so that it's not wanting, but it's my way of getting some form of appreciation from um, others by, because I always feel like, I've always, always felt like that I'm not, a, not that I say I'm not appreciated, but I always felt like... Um, I'm not someone who who will be missed. I'm not someone where, and I, I, I've said this, I said this earlier, I said, you know, there are times where I look at my siblings where I'm just like, their fathers and their mothers and, you know, their life is, not comparing the life, but I'm, I'm, I'm the creative the creative crazy one um and how I live my life compared to them I'm like you're something and this is to show you how extreme my mind is on a daily basis something that I don't share with my family which is bad I think like I've been thinking um and I, I don't know if it's a season a season of depression or whatever the situation is I've been thinking if something happens to me How would my family know? Would they, again, for anyone who is listening, I apologize. But this is the extreme that my mind thinks and my therapist has told me, like, I need to, when I get to those thoughts, I need to snap, not snap out of it, but when I'm slowly getting to the thoughts, kind of pull myself out and stuff like that. But I think about my family would have to, like, find a way to break in the door and then they'll find me dead and it'll be what three four days later because 
the 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 reality is and and that's the thing um when you deal with mental mental um mental health people see it as you have a huge family um you have good friends that you're really close with and stuff that people you, you stay in con- constant contact and communication with but for me um there are a lot of times I feel alone like yes I have a beautiful family yes I have friends and I you know um I I love my job and stuff like that but there are times where all of that to me is just that's all it is it's just that and I'm alone and there are times where I feel like I will be alone for the rest of my life and it didn't like hit me hard enough until until I went to Paris and I was looking at my my cousin Webster took me Webster took me to go see you know his sister in the childhood home that they grew up in and I would watch her and I would and I'm someone who I observe people I observe my surroundings period but I sat back and I watched my cousin, female. She lives in the, the house that, you know, she grew up in and her parents died, whatever. She she took care of her parents until they death, whatever. And I'd watch her the whole time. She would just sit there and she would smoke and then come back and do whatever. But her, you can tell, like, her mind is somewhere. And I and I, I spoke to Wester. I said, Wester, I think she's, she's dealing with some kind of mental health issue. Wester was like, you know, we... I've never told anyone, but I know she deals with depression. I was like, I can see it. And I told Wester, I said, because I deal with that, but I can see it in her. Because she does exactly the same thing I do. She goes into a zone. And it's just like, you could be there for a good 20, 30 minutes. And and I did that specific thing yesterday. I'm having a conversation with my friend at a restaurant. And in the middle of the conversation, I just like started looking outside. And he's like are you okay? Like, you just been, like, out there. So, when I watched her, and I came back, when I came back from the trip in Paris, and I think that when we went to go visit her, that the, those memories of, of seeing her stuck to me up until I came back to, I came back here. And I called, and I said, I told Mar, I said, um, I'm looking at my cousin, and my fear is that I'm going to end up like her. She loved her nieces and nephews. You guys know how much I adore my nieces and nephews. But then at the same time, she lives alone. No husband, no kids. And I'm like, I live alone too. Um, and even if I didn't live alone, let's say I, I, I live with mommy, you know, mommy goes, oh, God forbid mommy pass or whatever. It's, there's this idea of everyone else or my siblings have children, they have a whatever. And then there's just me. So when when Webster told me that she had a stroke, um, and she was in the house by herself, and I I, I called mommy and I told mommy I was like you know you know Eileen had a, a stroke and whatever, and she called Webster to tell Webster, you know this is what's going on. And lucky for him, he called the the, the ambulance or whatever the situation is. And my mom, mommy said, that's the fear I have is the fact of living alone. 
you people won't know if something happens and stuff like that. So for me, that's when the not even a wake up call. That's when I was just like, oh my god. And I remember I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried, and I cried at her house that night. And I was just like, what if that is my life? And so to go back to be like, oh, okay, well, am I happy with the life that I have in this person that I am? There are times, no, I'm not. And there are times where I'm just like, I'm, 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 I'm content and stuff like that. So, and I think, that I think I know it stems from my mental health because I, it took so long for me to, like, attack it. And, and even now, there are times where it's just, like I said, like, I feel alone. So, <clears throat> yeah. So I'm going to ask you, I don't know if I asked you before, I'm going to ask you again, do you love Gael? If you don't love Gael, are we taking some step to love Gael? Um, at times, at times I love myself. And at times I love myself, but then at the same time, it's not at times I hate myself, No. I can never say that. And there are times where I'm, I'm like, yo, you made it. You did this by yourself and you did that. You didn't have anyone to help you or whatever the situation. And there are times where I'm struggling and I can't say anything. And I had this conversation with a friend of mine. I said, I never want my family to see me as a failure because I always felt like I never, I never fully accomplished certain things in my life. And because, you know, you grew up in a Haitian household or whatever the situation is, there's this stigma where you got to be married and have children at a certain age. And then when you look at it, you're like, I'm 35 years old. And I'm like, if anything else that goes wrong, um, it's me showing that I am, um, I don't have, I don't have my stuff together and I'm a disappointment to my family. Um, to ask for help is something that I I, it, I hate. I hate doing. Um, there was even earlier this week or last week I was talking to to Peggy and I was telling him certain things about the apartment, whatever. He was like, "Why you never say anything?" And and that's the problem for me. The littlest of things to mention whether I need help or not, I'm afraid to ask. And you know even. Mommy called me and was like, okay, Peggy told me this and Peggy told me that. And automatically, there's this, like, little girl, that vision where this little girl is, like, sh- is shrink in, in a corner. And I'm like, I've disappointed my mom. I've disappointed my brother. I've disappointed my family and stuff like that. Because when I look at my siblings especially, I just see them as... I see them thriving. I see them living their life and stuff like that. So for myself, I'm just like, I'm just here and I'm alone. And even to come and tell you guys where I'm dealing with depression and anxiety and stuff like that. It was just like, what are you guys? And that's that's the thing I've heard within the time. What do you got to be depressed about? Why are you depressed? And it's just like, there are times where I don't know. And there are times where I'm... Because I'm so hard on myself. I'm just like... 
I wish, I wish, I wish, and there are times where I, I'm pushing myself to the point where I'm like exhausted. And like I said, which I realized is that my my way of making those around me show appreciation or appraising me is me cooking. And that's why it's like, oh, look, I made this recipe. I made that. Do you guys want to try it? Whatever situation. I'm like, hey, GAP, I cook. You guys want and stuff like that. So to just hear a thank you for me is like, it's like hearing, it's it's hearing you've won the lottery. That's the first time I said that. So that's just how it is for me because, you know, I love you guys, but there are times where it's just like, like you said earlier, like you are, you're a loner. That's, that's, and that's us. I'm a loner too. Um, so I don't mind, um, being here. Um, I, I like this and that's the problem. I like the solidarity. Um, and even when we were younger, friends used to always say like, you like yourself in the room. And again, for one thing I want to say, to kind of get off the topic but stay on the topic one thing I want parents to understand is that there are certain signs children give you for you to like I'm not saying yes for you to pay attention and realize that either they're sinking or their their mental health is decreasing and looking back and even saying this out loud looking back where friends would tell me you always lock yourself inside. Like, and mommy would say, there are times that you're in the house, I don't know if you're here, because you're just so quiet. And for me, not up until now, realizing my isolation and everything, and funny enough, how my life turned out of me kind of being secluded in whatever the situation is, it was just me dealing with stuff in my head constantly over and over and being this person who overthinks non-stop, non-stop whatever the situation is. So there are, there are things your children show you. You just got to kind of pay attention. There are warning signs. Um, and you just got to... And I know I don't have a child, but I work with children. And there are things where I see... And I understand that it's hard um, for parents to kind of like speak to the child about just like what's his name and the son um him a father not speaking to the his son for days is not okay because you don't understand you don't know what's in between those times you're not talking to your son or your daughter whatever the situation is there are things that a main thing that's that could be going on in, in the child's mind and they could be doing outside of the house that you won't know and shutting them out is not okay Whenever you shut out a child, and I realize that with my own, with my, my students, when they do something they're not supposed to do, and, then I, and I'm telling them, you don't do this or whatever the situation is, my students have a tendency, especially with me, um, and my co-teachers would tell me, like, you're their second mother, and even their parents would tell me, I don't know how, like, how you do it, like, they adore you. Even when they do something bad, and they see in my face that I'm not okay with it, they come and try to hug me. And if I say, no, I'm not your friend right now, you see how what it does to them. One, of, one student, what she does, she'll go lay on the floor until I come and get her. 
and the other teacher would come, would try, and she was like, she was she would say no, until I come and get her. So as a parent, when you decide you're not gonna communicate with your child, you're not gonna speak to your child and stuff like that. Understand what is what it's doing to the child is not teaching them a lesson. What is is pull is making them pull away from you. Like, well, that you didn't speak to your mom, you didn't speak to me, stuff like that. So again, to go back to you know. Papa not being around and mommy always had to be had to be doing both. There are times where I was struggling and I couldn't tell mommy because mommy didn't know. And then she didn't know how to communicate. And that's if there's one thing I wanna leave from this is just like if you don't know as a parent, as a father, if you don't know how to communicate with your child then you need to start taking steps and figuring out how to communicate properly. Whether you want to go to a therapist or you want to speak to your partner or try little by little of speaking to your child, find a way to communicate with your child. And that's something Papa and I don't, we don't really communicate. I don't call him nothing. And that's what I said at the beginning. We don't communicate. But if when I see him, it's of course, yes, this love and stuff like that. But I can't pick up the phone and be like, Mommy, this is what I'm going through. Papa, this is what I'm going through. Because... How we grew up, we didn't grow up communicating with one another. You know, I, I get into relationships, it's just like, it's like pulling teeth. It's like, it's, and it took a while for me to be able to communicate and stuff like that. But even still, there are times where it's like, you okay? Mm-hmm. And that's it, I'll leave it at that. And But there are times that little girl in me is just like, want someone to just be like, no, I know you're not okay, like talk to me. That kind of attention and that's why I said it goes back to the whole daddy issues where it's just, I've, I felt like there were times where I wanted to come to Papa and be like, you know, Papa, this is what I'm feeling and you know, this and this and this and that. Even with mommy, but I, I ne- we never did. I want to ask you two more questions. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> two more questions. And I said this is going to be real. <laughs> this is going to be uh, vulnerable. Um, two more questions, and I, 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 I'll let you go. Um, if you had the chance to tell young Gael, a kid Gael, a baby Gael, or 10 years old Gael, as you s- specified, um, about adult Gael, what would you say? Oh, wow. That's a serious question. Um, what would I... <laughs> 35-year-old Gael would tell the 6-year-old Gael. What would I tell Like, okay. I would tell her... I would tell her, especially, I think, at the age of 10... I would... Oh, I would tell her... I would tell her you're beautiful. I would. I would tell her that... You have, you, yeah. I would tell her you're beautiful, and you're you're gonna grow up to be this amazing. <laughs> I can make up myself. This amazing auntie to a bunch of beautiful little regrets um, who adore you and stuff like that. From the very first one, um, who. Yes, who adored you like his own, like you were his mother, Aiden. To your niece, who, you know, when your niece, Summer, who 
light of your world and and every time she sees you she just yells and she's managed to give you a, a name that actually a name that actually means something which no one would have guessed the name that she has given you is a name that for multiple times of looking at the definition means predestined the first one um and something else too uh something as far as something something but it's a very spiritual powerful name the first woman who went to mecca or something like that but it's a very powerful name so at uh, a, a young age of two years old a little girl gave you a name that it's it's it has an amazing meaning and when you look at it it kind of describes who you are so you are um you're a beautiful a beautiful person um and it's it's going to get hard but at the end of the day you'll make it Okay, all right. I'm gonna ask him one more question, and I'm just wrap, gonna wrap it up. So, what would you want the dads, fathers, father figures out there to know? Communicate with your children. Communicate with your sons. Black fathers, communicate with your sons. Um, communicate with yes, communicate with your daughters. Um, allow them, not even allow them. Let them know that. This world is wasn't designed for them, but then that doesn't mean that they can't or they won't excel to be better than you. And that's that's parents' usual goals. Is just I want my child to to excel and surpass the person that I that I am when I had them or the person that I am now. And even still, and even if they are not, they don't meet your level of expectation. Don't love them any less. Um, support your kids. Uh, even if your child tells you, okay, I want to be a model or I want to travel around the world learning about the ecosystem, learning about animals, learning about saving this planet, support your children's dream. Encourage them. Let them know their history, their, their real history. They come from royalty. Um, and there's nothing, nothing that they can't do. That's that's something I definitely want, because the narrative that we have for African American families, for Black fathers, is is disgusting. And there are so many men that I know that that don't fit that narrative. And we, it's our job to to put it out there. And as again, as females, also, it's our job to like big up a black man a big up a man who is doing his job as a father and there are times where we we're so stuck in this mindset like well that is his job he's doing it right you know he's doing a, a good job and then as as moms and aunts and, and 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 whatnot let your 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 husbands or the dads in your life know how happy you are um 
and how proud you are of them of being a good dad. And if you feel like there's certain things they're lacking, then again, sit down and have that conversation with them. Don't yell at them. Just sit down and have a conversation with them. But I always, I always say, like, always big up the, the, the men in your life. Thank you so much. Listen, Gael, my sister, <laughs> I just need you to know this. I'm going to be 100% transparent with you. You are loved and cherished more than a lot of people that I know. And I'm talking about from immediate to extended. You are loved so deeply. And it's because you love hard because you give a lot the person that you have become to the person that you were is just short of amazing I'm trying to find the perfect words to describe you the person that you are and I don't know if I've said it before or I told you this before and I'm gonna tell you now because of who you are help me to become who I am I know before you mentioned that you had to be a mother at an early age. I learned how to love through you. I learned how to respect a woman through you. I knew how to like be catered to. I learned how to cater to through you. I learned how to love, be affectionate through you. I don't think I've ever physically told you this. Like we were, we grew up pretty much almost at the hip at times when we were growing up. People thought that we were twins to a certain point. So everything that you were doing, everything that you did, I just mimic. You're the youngest, you're younger than me, but I just saw you as a role model. I don't think you understand the amount of love that you give, the amount of love that people have for you. You sacrifice every single day. And we see that. And I am apologizing if I don't say it enough. You've done so much and continue doing so much, sacrificing yourself, just like dad. Once we say we're coming over, look, you, you, you're cooking. Prime example today, I say I'm coming over. What's the first thing you say? Oh yeah, I'm cooking, I'm here. That's how much you care. That's how much you want others to love you. I don't think, I don't think you understand the amount of love that we have for you. We care for you deeply. You are loved. Every feeling and every emotion that you're going through, it is validated. And I'm telling you, you are entitled to that feeling. Don't let anyone or anything or anywhere that you go think that is any different. You are 100% entitled to your feeling. What you went through, your experience is your experience. There are a lot of us that went through hardship, but the focus is on what are we doing with ourselves now? And I want you to let you, I want to let you know that you are doing a phenomenal job of being a human being. You are being you are doing a, a tremendous job of being a, a wonderful sister. I'm telling you, I learned how to love through you. Through you. The reason why I'm with my wife right now is because of you. So many reasons 
that I am who I am, I can honestly say it's because of you. So I just want you to plug that into your head every single day. That we care about you. We have our own problems and we may not call you as often, we may not check on you as often, but each and every one of us have an issue. This is it's to let you know that you are loved. I don't doubt that I'm, I, I'm, I'm not loved and stuff like that, and I, and I get it. And I was thinking the other day, and I was just like, oh my God, like I, it's rare to hear people say that. I was like, but I adore my sister-in-law. It's like, you know, I could be on the phone with Jessica for like an hour, and I don't FaceTime nobody. And she FaceTimes everybody. <laughs> I don't FaceTime nobody. So I, like, I told her I'm going to call her, and I FaceTime, and I call her, and we sit here having a conversation and stuff like that. Um, and that's one of my biggest supporters is, you know, Jessica and stuff like that. And she's always like pushing, like, no, you can do this and stuff like that. And she's like, and then even if I say I don't, it's okay. Take the time out and stuff like that. So I, that's why I said, I, it's, there's no question that I'm not loved and or I don't feel the love and stuff like that. Like, I, I know who my family is. I know who my cousins, I know these people and we constantly say to each other that we love each other and stuff like that. It's, it's definitely not something, but there are times where, and that like the reality is, you know, when you're in your head a lot, there are times where that, that good angel and that bad angel is on your shoulder and the bad angel sometimes takes over and like makes you feel, or makes you think things that you shouldn't be thinking. Oh, I'm not loved, or I'm not appreciated, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. Like, who, look, and that's the reality of it. It's, it's not. You can fault. I can fault people. And be like, no. But there are times where, to be transparent, just like sitting with my a therapist, is where that mind starts to play that game on you. Where you can tell me, I care for you, I love you, I want you, whatever, until you're blue in the face. But I also feel like I know myself, and my thing is just that. If I can get out of myself, my head, as far as my family, if I can get out of my head, then yeah, I wouldn't have to worry about it. But then again, it's just a lifelong 35 years of dealing with certain things. Your mind just like, say, you know what, this is just how you see it. There are days when I'm great, you know, and there are days where I'm, I'm sinking, I'm in sinking sand. And, but then, I get up every day. And, I, and I'm grateful, I am beyond grateful that I get to get up every single day, come home. Um, I made it through a whole nutty year, January to December, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but like the rest of us, we all struggle with things. Um, we all have self-doubt and stuff like that. So there are days for some it's worse and there are others where, nope, I'm good. So I just wanted to share that because that's something I was I don't say. I've never said my to my family or anyone that close to me. So I wanted you guys to kind of like it's not music for pity. I don't. I, I do not want that. I do not want that. Um, there are a lot of times where people people go through things, and when it's too late, they're like, "Oh, I, I didn't. I never heard. I didn't know." No, I rather. It's easy for me to be transparent. Um, I say it, even whatever I feel at times, and but there are times I do struggle. But I have no problem being transparent, um, and I want people to understand um, this is 
the reality of how people deal with certain things. Um, you know, as far as the whole dear dad podcast, there are the times where I want to call out, I want to call Papa and talk to him, and I want to have that father daughter relationship. And I'm just like, what is the challenge for you? Is that something that you want to work towards? Or do you want to work towards having a relationship, an actual relationship with, with dad? He do want a relationship with us. I think is he doesn't know how. So I'm, I'm, I think it's up to us to make that, to take that step. Um, just like when I told him the other day, the other um, day that I loved him, it's just me taking that step. It's not something that he did. I think we had to change that narrative again and change the mind frame. Um, Sometimes pretty much we had to reschool our own parents. Yes, definitely. And that's the other thing too. Fathers, tell your children you love them. Because we grew up not hearing I love you. That was one thing I, I, we grew up not hearing I love you. And even to, you know, to hear my dad say, it's like, huh? To hear my mom say, it's like, what? But it's, I, you, you know your parents love you. So, tell your children you love them. Please, please tell your children you love them. If nothing else, tell your children you love them. Man, I told you guys in the beginning this might be a tearjerker. <laughs> there was a couple of tears that was dropped. Sorry, guys. Sorry. sorry. There's no, there's no need for apologies. I mean, this is just being vulnerable, being open towards to that. Um, and I, I mean, I knew going in and asking or having to sit down with my sister that was going to be emotional because there's a lot of stuff that we haven't physically or we haven't verbally said we haven't said it out in the open a lot of stuff that we haven't done um there's a lot of stuff that we ourselves need to do a lot of stuff that we need to change in our lives but um none of us are disappointments none of us are are by chance and i want to leave you guys with this little thought picture of what I'm trying to say is every single one of us every single one of us did not get here by chance I just want you to think about that all right every single one of us did not get here by chance and I'm gonna just be real right now how many sperms right that will release millions of sperms and it was just you that made it you it's not by chance it's because you're strong it's because you were determined and that you made it and others didn't and i want you guys to think about that none of us none of us not you or i are here by chance we made it because we were strong we are strong you are strong and you are able to get to the goal of life and see this bright light honestly none of us are here by chance we were here because we were able to have a shared determination of where we're going to go and beat the odds because the odds were against us. Each and every day to the left and our right, we have people dying. Behind us, people are dying. In front of us, people are dying. But we have a ton of vision of life, the breath of life, and we made it. So when we take our first breath and we made it, our lungs expand, we made it. You made it. So I want you guys to reflect on this. You're not here by chance. You're not here by chance. You've been hand chosen, guys. You are hand chosen. Every single one of you guys are special. Because out of millions, millions, 
you were the only one that made it. Think about that. Out of millions, you were the only one that made it. So guys, I just want to thank you guys again for joining me, joining us for this podcast. And I love what we have, what I have accomplished and what this conversation was about. And I knew it was going to be a little bit longer than, than others, but that's because this is 100% vulnerability. You know, guys. So again, until next time, I am looking forward to the next conversation. And I see you guys later. Bye. And now, a moment with the family. guys if you want to keep up or listen to more of this podcast you can go to google play stitcher apple and spotify and of course on social media as far as instagram catch you later